Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a special one. We have been uh, trying to connect for a long time now, and I'm super, super honored to have you uh, on the show. Uh, his name is Marcelo Toledo, the founder and co-CEO at Clevo. Marcel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very happy to be here. Likewise, and uh, it's it's a huge responsibility on my side because we have a very famous uh, podcast, at least in in Brazil, uh, called Ishes Unite, and uh, it's it's great to follow. Also, with over 100 episodes so um, recorded so far, so yeah, huge responsibility on my side to be a host of uh, of someone who is a great host of your of your own podcast. But for the ones who didn't have the chance yet to to meet you and to and to know more about you, who is Marcelo? Uh, I'm just entrepreneur, a person that is so very creative, always thinking about solving problems and solving my problems internally as well. Uh, sometimes I could be called a biohacker. Uh, currently, I'm doing some experiments as well. Um, family guy, very uh, introspective. Some people look at me and think I'm very, uh, uh, a guy that likes to go outside and be with people all the time, but right. it's not the, the reality. Uh, I like to be in my house, reading books with my wife, with my animals. I probably have over 30 animals in, in my house. Wow! So I like to be here with my family, enjoying a good meal, having a good time. And I really enjoy your your background. So it, it sounds that it has a lot of personality, which is rare to to see. Is is that your uh, your usual office uh, or at home? Or yeah, this is this is the office in my house. Um, we have moved here October last year, I think. Uh, and I decided that I wanted to to have a, a your, bit of a space. darker place with lads and stuff uh, i love books That's amazing. So this is the chair that i like to read and i have a very special routine for reading i like to to light up this essence it's a very good smell right. um and then i read and then i have a television here i put some music on very light no 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 singing and then i read for uh, for every day I read. So it's a very relaxing space as well, besides working. So now we have an incentive for the ones who are listening on the podcast that are the majority uh, to go to YouTube to also uh, see what we are talking about uh, in the office. That's a good so, clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this. The ones who have been following the, the episodes for 200 plus, see, I'm getting better <laughs> at moving people from one channel to, to another. Amazing. Uh, that's great the way you introduce yourself and the way you, you present yourself because uh, that's true. I even myself, I'm also very introspective and people when listening, especially for someone who have recorded 200 plus episodes and likes and usually is on stage and so on. People think that uh, we are super communicative and super open. And uh, yeah, it's it, well, it has been trained, a huge effort. Uh, and now it sounds natural, but <laughs> it took yeah, a, lot, absolutely true. a lot of going out of our uh, comfort zone and uh, also facing those uh, fears of rejection, fears of what others think and uh, and working out on ourselves to get better and better and better and, uh, and also to to be happy with what we see in the mirror, right? So <laughs> it's, it's amazing how you can change your natural behavior. Uh, I talk a lot about um, your, your profile. You need to understand what exactly is that you do easily and what is it that you cannot do easily. Uh, this is something that first time that I went on stage to speak to a big crowd, I was extremely nervous. Um, and nowadays it's very comfortable. Um, about three years ago when I was at New Bank, I gave a speech for 10,000 people. And I wow. thought, that's huge. I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to be nervous. Usually I'm not. And it was even easier because when you're in a smaller crowd, you're very close right. to people, you need to engage more. 
And when you have 10,000 people, it's 10,000 people, you know? So it's something that we can always work and get better at, even if it's your not natural profile, you know? Absolutely. I completely resonates with me uh, as well. So let's start with the beginning. So we, we can see that you are very competitive. You work a lot on, on yourself. You, you like to always be growing, learning. And uh, we know that in order to also start and scale a company, uh, the company is only able to grow as much as we are able to grow. So it, it's it's great to have that kind of mindset. But it all started also with with your own career as a as a professional athlete. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, your early days, and what has been your why to be so fond of entrepreneurship and and so passionate about entrepreneurship. Um, I started very early in swimming. Um, I think my mother put me on on two, three years old, very early. My, my mom was very afraid of anything happening to me. And of course she didn't want me to drown <laughs> anytime. So she said, you have to go to swimming as soon as possible. And I remember that I was doing all sorts of sports when I was very young. And one day I asked my mother that I wanted to be um, just swim. I don't, I don't wanna be playing soccer. I don't wanna be playing volleyball, basketball. I just want to swim. Uh, and I was I was doing all of that and I was doing judo and I was doing all sorts of sports in this um, club. And then she she said, all right, let's do it. And that's when I went to all the swimming clubs in Sao Paulo, got rejected, but all of them besides one. And this one was the entrance in the swimming uh, competition for me. Um, I was very late, so I had to be very disciplined to catch up with the other boys. Uh, but eventually, within a year, I was catching up with them, um, improving my technique. But of course, I had to be more disciplined than everyone else. Um, I was late and I didn't know the basics. I was a swimmer, but, but I was not a competitive swimmer. So this sports reality in my life has shaped everything that I worked for until today, because every day that I swimmed, I used to have a notebook that I wrote my workout, the workout of the day. And this is a routine of you thinking about what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. And usually you're trying to put out a number. I want to get this number at the pool. Uh, this is the time that I want to accomplish in this competition. This is the goal that I'm looking for. And this is how my mindset has been shaped. And this is how it became the same model of entrepreneurship for me. And I remember being very young and thinking about solutions of the world problems, very basic stuff, like going to the toilet and thinking why this toilet has been always like this, why everyone has the same toilet, why is it a paper? Uh, and, and very basic things like a kid mine, I will probably, was probably seven years old, six years old, very young. And I started selling things at my, my and my apartment, uh, geladinho, like we call in Brazil, you yep. get a very small plastic and you put a juice in there and then you freeze it and then you sell it. And I use it to sell this kind of things in this in this uh, condo. So this was an experiment and the start of entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. when I became a programmer, which, which I am, a uh, software engineer, I just I, I thought that it was very easy for me to create new products. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that creating products is not entrepreneurship. Creating products right. is creating products. And right. then that's when everything started. 
That's a great one. And uh, I, I, I can't resist the temptation to go deeper there and, uh, and ask you kind of a follow-up uh, reflection on that. So the difference between creating a product and building a business, right? So what has been some of your lessons learned there? I think most of the people and me included on this tend to fall in love with the solution and not the problem. No problem. Exactly. And I say, you have to fall in love with the problem because the solution might not be the one that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you fall in love with the problem, you will be able to start looking for many other solutions that are available. And this concept of MVP that everyone knows currently is pretty much trying different solutions for a problem that nobody has ever solved. And then in the beginning, I was trying to create a product from my mind with no, pro with no clear uh, problem. Uh, and then I saw that I was not being an entrepreneur. I was just being a programmer trying to create a new app or a new solution for something that nobody was going to use it. And this took several years of my life because I was trying to do all by myself, coding and everything, and it takes years for you to create something. And after you create something and then nobody uses, you start thinking, how do I launch a product? How do I make people buy my product? And that's when I, I became very obsessed with understanding the authors and the entrepreneurs and what was the best practices for you to create an actual company that solve a real problem and that people use your product and are happy with it. And then I started experimenting. Uh, I started writing everything that I was learning. That's when my blog came up. And then in 2002, 13, I launched a book called Dono. Uh, and this book is, is a, it's this one. You can barely see people that are not listening from, uh, <laughs> from YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, <I'm> Michelle. <laughs> so you can see the book. So this is a 350 page book. Uh, I wrote all by myself um, and was the results of all my studies and experiments. And all the learnings that I had from Alex Osterwalder, Eric Ries, uh, mm -hmm. and all the authors that were influencing back then. Uh, and this, of course, has shaped the way I'm doing startups nowadays. Yeah, it, it is kind of a, a, an evolution uh, and we... If if somebody goes to your uh, LinkedIn, it's it's quite amazing that you, you definitely started your your first role there. It's really a software engineer, and after that, you tried your first company as founder and CTO. I'm just moving my my face to another screen where I where I have your LinkedIn. Then you came back as senior software engineer consultant. Then you moved to CTO. Then you went to uh, Rocket Internet and and uh, found your your first company there. And then you 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 became CTO again. Then you joined it uh, after another two or three experiences. Uh, New Bank, uh, and now you you founded um, Cleveland. So which shows kind of your trajectory, always trying to get closer to the business, right? From the software engineering role, which kind of mirrors exactly what you were saying. You have been learning how to go from building a product to building a business. And, uh, and, and I always incredible. had a plan B, Mike. Um, I was working for people in the beginning. Uh, of course, um, back then when you were a very good engineer, we were rare pieces. I think we still are, but there are many more nowadays. But back then it was very rare to have someone that could create a product from scratch. And I created many products for these companies from scratch, like Vax, like Maria Mercado, which is was a full e-commerce. And then the Vax was a, a a router with a firmware inside, only eight megabytes, very difficult stuff to create. Um, 
And then I was always having a plan B because I wanted to have my own company. I wanted to build something for myself. So there is something that I do not show in my LinkedIn, which was the companies that I've been working for years that never went anywhere. I founded so many companies and I've invested so much money in things that went to trash. Uh, and this was the price for me to learn. It was a very expensive learn for me. So 22 years after all of these experiments, all this money invested, all this time invested, all this sacrifice that I made, staying at my house, programming while all my friends were, were outside going to parties and going to the movies and having fun on parks, I was not going to. Uh, I was there trying to create something. Uh, I loved that. It, it was not a huge of a sacrifice, but when you look backwards, you see that was a huge investment of time and money as well. Exactly. And that's great that you shared that because um, nowadays uh, people sometimes forget that uh, it's still an, an outlier industry to really, really be able to start and scale a company in, in less than a decade, right? So the odds are completely against us. And if we look to the numbers, uh, there is a, a, set, a set of stats that are not very reliable, but that shows how difficult it is. It, it was kind of only 4% gets to $1 million in revenue, only 4% of the businesses. Uh, only 0.4% of those get to $10 million, which means 10%. Uh, and from 10 to 100, only under 0.04% get there. So this is all-time uh, all uh, numbers, So which means that it's not uh, only in a decade. So if you add the layer of a decade, those numbers would be even smaller. Again, uh, I don't care if those numbers are completely reliable or not, but anyway, it shows how difficult it is to, to scale a business. And, and sometimes we think, okay, it's kind of one in 10 or one in 20. And um, I just have to need to, to have the luck of being one of that, one of those. Uh, and, and that's great. I, I think that's part of the advantage of being an entrepreneur, and especially at the beginning, having that beginner's mindset and that curiosity is really uh, having that ignorance. I would, I would tell the same about myself. If I knew what I know today, I maybe I would never started uh, Skill Up Valley and I would never started the, the podcast. So it, it's it's a lot of work, as you said. So good that I didn't know because then I started and, and, and things proved it, uh, right. And uh, and uh, we are continuously learning as, uh, as always. So that, that's a great point that you are doing also to showing that uh, your current success uh, has, has made from a lot of lessons learned, uh, what some some people would call uh, failure, you call just another lesson, and you keep moving forward. And also understanding that um, success is is temporary, and we always need to be paying the the rent and and keeping humble and uh, having our our heads down. And uh, and from time to time, we will face again adversity, and that, that's what makes the difference is when we are able to surpass that adversity and and, and stand up and, and step up again, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I always like to think that. When you have a long journey like this, you will have to invest time in learning and practicing. Uh, and this, of course, will bring a sensation in you that you're starting to get to get smarter. And I always like to get a little bit backwards. I think being too smart is not good. So I like to practice being ignorant. Being ignorant, it's not offensive. It's just, if you don't know a few things, you have more courage because you think it's easier than it actually is. So very often when I am in a meeting or talking to my partner, I say, we're getting too smart. Let's be a bit ignorant a bit. Because if you have too many numbers, if you have too many uh, uh, rules, you're going to be very bureau bureaucratic. And you need to be with that essence of a kid that has no fear. 
that will go completely against all odds and nobody understand why it's because a kid doesn't know <laughs> it doesn't know the complexity of what they are trying to achieve so i think being ignored a little bit is important and you need to we need to practice this being fearless and forgetting sometimes the numbers and all the KPIs and all the rules right. and all the frameworks and everything. Try to be just fearless. And of course, use your background, but just go forward. Use the numbers uh, to help you understand, but not aggressively like we try to do all the time, you know? I think we need to have a balance here. Yeah. Just reflecting a bit on your um entrepreneurial journey so as we were talking about your path and there are a set of experience that are not um, on your linkedin so you have been several times uh cto you have even founded your own companies as a ceo as well so you have been also part of um of a, let's say a app at rocket internet or a platform that would help also to to create your own venture then you went to be part of a unicorn in brazil new bank very well known uh, in the ecosystem and, and worldwide and so what what have you learned of all those experiences that helped you to bring Clevo uh, into, into the stage. That, that's what we will be talking after uh, to get to know more about Clevo and, and, and to your purpose and dreams for the future. But what have helped you to be ready to found or to uh, Clevo? Um, I think the most important thing is timing. And timing doesn't care about technique. It might influence a little bit, but doesn't care much because I've seen great timing companies with horrible teams make great business. But timing, it's very difficult for you to get right on the spot. And Newbank is one of the examples that had a great timing. It, it, it's like all the stars align, everything was aligned to be perfect because the banking industry in Brazil was like being a hostage. You couldn't go anywhere. That's all you got and you will have to live with it. And Nubank came and positioned itself as a solution to free you over. And then we, we had, I'll, I'll explain you one thing that will show how lucky sometimes is very important. We didn't have much money back then. We raised $2 million to, to prove that we could make a credit card and transaction in every POS available in the country. And we did that. And then we raised $10 million And part of this money was necessary for you to hire people, but also we had to use this money as credit because every credit card that I give, I need to give you money. We didn't have endless money as Nubank has nowadays and could grow as fast as possible without breaking a single bit. So we had to come up with a solution for breaking up growth because the timing was so perfect that everybody was talking about us and everybody was wanting new bank so we decided to create a solution to break up growth we we, we need to slow down a little bit right. so we created the solution of member get member which was mm -hmm. with the number of invitations that i give to people is the number of credit that i am able to give Everybody think that this solution was a growth solution and was, it was exactly the opposite. It was a solution for slowing down. And then when you create the solution, what ends up having is, is a big queue of people that you can go to the investors and say, listen, 
I have 200,000 people here wanting the credit card and I can't give them because I do not have enough credit. And when we transpassed this phase, every single round that we made, we have a huge queue of people trying to use our products. And then of course, having a product as a credit card is really good because you get money, you get revenue. But once we launched Nuconta, that's when we could grow without slowing down. Because the only investment that we needed was infrastructure. The product needed to be working, of course, and we need infrastructure to scale this up. So if you think about this story that I told you, The timing was perfect. Everybody was looking for a solution for for an alternative for current banking solutions. It was probably the first mover or the most important. I mean, we were not the first mover. There was a better one, but didn't uh, there was a a one, not a better one. There was a different one called Banco Original, but didn't make a marketing advertisement as we did. We wanted to free people from evil banks. That was the position that New Bank brought to the table and people loved this. And everybody wanted to be the Hoshinho, the purple credit card, you know? (laughs) So timing was perfect. If you you create a new New Bank right now, you won't be able to do the same thing. Exactly. And as you, as you said, it was not uh, a lot of money to do uh, the milestones, but at least at the time, uh, we always need to multiply by five to have the conversion in, in Riais. And for the ecosystem at the time, it, it was huge rounds, right? So people would say, uh, wow, so many resources to, to build that. But at the same time, when you are building, when you're trying to do such a, a big vision happen, uh, those resources are not uh, unlimited. It seems for, for the ones who are still raising the, the pre-seed round or the angel round uh, at this time, but of course it depends on what are the plans and what are the vision and the milestones that we that we want to achieve. Um, amazing, uh, amazing stories. So for, for the ones who are following the podcast from outside, Two million would stand for two million dollars for ten million uh, reais and uh, the ten million. No, no, no. For... Actually, we raised the first. We raised from uh, Davi raised from from Sequoia Capital and a few uh, other uh, uh, VCs two million dollars. And the second round that we did was ten million dollars. Exactly. So which so would be was, the 10 million Riage and 50 million uh, Riage more, more or less in terms of uh, conversion. Right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So this was this was hard in the beginning because it was not much money. It's a lot of things for you uh, for you to do. But the point, the most important point for me is that if you if you match the exact timing. You will, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you're going to make. <laughs> Things will flow, you know? Uh, and if you make a few mistakes in timing, it's going to be really hard. When we started VAX in the beginning, it was really hard. We almost broke because it was very innovative. We brought Wi-Fi to Brazil in a, in a moment when, where mobile phones was not a reality. This was 2009. Five, there was no cell phones with Wi-Fi. There was no computers with Wi-Fi. You had to to have a a small uh, board to plug into your computer. But after we transpassed this complicated phase, the market changed entirely. Mm -hmm. And the company started growing so fast. We expanded to all of the countries in South America. We went to Canada. We went to Portugal. We went to um, we went to Italy because of the timing. And if we if we broke the company before getting to the right timing, we would be be dead. You know. Right. So timing is very important. Having a big problem to solve and timing is 
uh, an obsession we need to look for. I, I think sometimes we get more obsessed with the solution and everything else. Timing. Timing is the most important thing. And it has also the advantage, the story that you just told to, to show to the Brazilian ecosystem and to the Latin ecosystem that it was possible to build a unicorn out of Brazil. And um, if magic would happen in terms of timing, the right problem to solve, the right team, et cetera, et cetera, uh, things would be possible for other generations of entrepreneurs to build big companies um, out of Latin and uh, of Brazil being the largest market. Um, in the region, um, did you consider that the, your your most successful venture until that time, or would you consider that uh, some of your previous ventures would be have been successful as well? Uh, in terms of impact, uh, Vax was very impactful because it, it was a solution everybody was looking for. Um, at the time, very technological, very complex, with a strong barrier for uh, newcomers. And so it was very advanced technology with the solution that everybody was looking for. Um, Pay11 was very impactful as well, but in a smaller range. If you take a look at, we had 100,000 uh, POSs uh, eventually, it's good but it's not impacting millions of people, millions of people, maybe who are, who are buying some goods or services in, in these POSs. Uh, but I also, when I went, for example, for OI, we, have, we had 70 million people transactioning every month in our solution. But of course, this is an incumbent. I was just an employee. Um, right. So, uh, and when you go to new bank, it was growing extremely fast, but it yet it didn't reach 70 million users, but it, it will eventually reach, but it became a 45 unicorns. It was uh, probably the fastest growing company in the history of Latin America. Uh, mm -hmm. It was from zero to eight years, $45 billion IPO. So wow. it was fast. It was really fast. Eight years. So <laughs> we were talking about those numbers. So it's part of the 0.04, under 0.04% uh, of the ventures uh, for sure. Uh, and if, if we apply that multiple to Latin America and, and Brazil at the time, uh, that number would be even uh, lower. So amazing um yeah outlier so it's, all of this created your your passion and, and the purpose and the why to start uh clevo so what is clevo and, and and why so clevo is a platform for managing chronic diseases we do not believe digitally only solutions will fix the problem so we created a solution that we call it's high tech and high touch. We have the platform, we have the app, we have monitoring devices to, to, to measure your health 24 seven all the time. And we can react very fast if needed, but we also have a very good team of people that increases very importantly the engagement. It's the difference of having a person to train with you. It's like a personal trainer. If you have a personal trainer, you will not say no very often. You will go there and you will work out. If you're really in pain, if you have huge problems, then you can say today I cannot go, but almost all of the time you will go. So having a personal trainer is really important in health. And that's the solution that we have for a huge problem. And the huge problem is 40% of the adult Brazilian population has at least one chronic condition. And this represents 80% of the costs in the entire private health. Uh, public, public health is very similar. And if you go to other countries such as United States, you're going to see that the costs of chronic diseases 
are transpassing 90 percent so it's a gigantic problem and besides oncology and cancer that is something that we still cannot explain uh everything in in medicine is is statistics Mm -hmm. uh we understand how food makes you ill Mm-hmm. gets you fat right. gets you eventually um uh diabetes or any malfunction in your metabolic mm-hmm. uh me- metabolism uh yep. so when you take a look at this what what we are seeing is all of this industry is making easier for people to eat things that are not healthy for them. And they are not backing up a little bit. Uh, I don't have a perfect uh, body of those people that can uh, be lean all the time, lean all the time. Mm -hmm. If I eat a little bit more, I will get fat. And this is good because it's it's a signal that you're making something wrong. Those people that are ripped all the time and can eat McDonald's every day, I have a friend like this, uh, this is actually bad because you're putting a lot of trash in your body and you're seeing that's working, then you keep going. Uh, But there are some people that do not have the resources, uh, do not have the knowledge to come up with a solution for these problems. And Clevo is a solution for these problems. We can help you improve your health. We can help you with a better diet, more exercise, and people to start coming up with very different solutions and very specific for your reality. We understand that medicine has to be very focused on the person because Mm -hmm. every person is very singular. And that's what we are trying to accomplish to have a better life for everyone living with chronic condition. In a certain way, uh, what I'm listening from from what you are saying is we need to focus on uh, ensuring that people are having the healthy habits that allow them to become healthy uh, instead of just getting the treatment or drugs uh, that are conventionally uh, addressed to to, uh, in order to fix or to maintain or to manage those chronic uh, conditions. And it, it's really about having that personal trainer that you were talking about, control your sleep, control what you eat, exercise, uh, of course, health style, the amount of stress that you have, uh, even the people that you are spending your time with uh, that are a huge impact um, on, your, on your own health and, and being able to make this uh, not only with with a, a platform a tech platform but also with a team that will give the care to 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 that person that is needed like a, a pa if it was just a robot that would be waiting for you at the gym uh, maybe you don't also have that uh, let's say peer pressure and that uh, personal empathy of uh, saying something to someone who is trying to care for you right exactly and and the the current solution, I mean, what we are seeing is it's becoming unsustainable because drugs are becoming very advanced and very intelligent and very effective. Mm-hmm. So if if you become obese and it evolves to a diabetes type two, which is behavior, uh, mm-hmm. bad behavior not eating well, not doing many exercises. Uh, There are drugs currently that can diminish the impact of diabetes. Uh, So it's like prolonging you to not be more disciplined and trying to focus on the root of the problem. The root of the problem is probably what you're putting inside your mouth. So you need to come up with a solution of eating better, doing more exercise. It's not very complex, but it's very hard to execute. So having someone by your side telling you what to do 
and talking to you about your difficulties and adapting to getting better for you. So let's say I'm, I'm very fond of fasting. It works for me. It might not work for you. Fasting is probably one of the best technologies that we have. But people are very afraid of this. And if you talk to doctors, not many of them understand this. But there are many scientific studies that show that fasting is really good for yourself. It can revert obesity. It can revert almost all of metabolic diseases that we are talking about here. Mm -hmm. But it might not work for everyone. So having different approaches is important because I can give you the solution A and to another person the solution B and to another person the solution C. And coming up with a platform that can scale this is right. what matters. Because the solution that we have nowadays doesn't scale, which is one-to-one. -one. You go to yep. a doctor and you're there and you cannot scale this. But when you have a platform such as Clevo, we, we can create lines of treatments. And these lines of treatments are mixed with high touch and high tech. So you will receive uh, everything automatically. You will see that you will have contents coming your way automatically. You will have invitations to talk to a dietitian automatically. Just because we have included you in a line of treatment that has everything automated. And in between, you will talk to a real person. And this will bring you a lot of joy and energy to keep going. I love that kind of approach uh, so much more the the root cause approach of functional medicine or integrative medicine. Um, definitely trying to understand what is being the root cause uh, that is creating that stress or that chronic condition on on that person. And we are seeing also um, a lot of cases where emotions, uh, trauma, uh, not only physical conditions and and uh, of course, everything is related with, with behaviors, as you were talking about. But what I'm trying to make the point is what you were saying. There are common patterns uh, across certain segments. So we can create protocols for specific segments. But we really need to have kind of a model that we are able to address all those segments and have a line of treatment that shows that we have we had the better the better the best results with that specific segment, and that's the kind of the treatment that we will apply. And that's where technology, AI, and all all, all those things can can make a, a huge difference. And by the way, help also the healthcare professionals or the physicians to do a better work and and to make a difference where. Uh, where they are the most valuable at, right? Mike, one thing that changed internet completely was the ability to do A-B tests. Mm -hmm. When you have the ability to do A-B tests, it's really important because you, you start understanding what actually make a difference. Why this color converts more? Why a bigger button converts more? And we do not have this in health. With Clevo, we do have this because let's imagine that I have a line of treatment for people with obesity and diabetes, hypertension uh, and high cholesterol as well, which is very common to have all these four uh, conditions. And let's say I will start splitting group in two line of treatments to one group, I will have certain characteristics and the other one, different characteristics. And I will start measuring this in real time. And within four weeks, which is the timeline of this line of treatment, I will have the engagement rate. I will have all the data of monitoring the health of everyone. And with this, I will understand if I put more people, if I put more Meetings with a dietitian, nutritionist, will it help? Does it improve or not? And with this tool available for you, we can do the same impact we did with the internet, growing startups to health.
That's what I love the most about Clevo platform. It can actually be a scientific uh, right. toolkit for you to test approaches that are all possible because it's limitless. Your creativity is limitless in this uh, in this uh, platform. And almost in real time and not going through the old school research that will take two years and specific awards and waiting and needing to write a paper and then needing to present it to the seminar, then to be applied by the first early adopters until it becomes <laughs> mainstream and then a decade uh, has passed. And a lot of people are not getting value uh, out of those uh, conclusions. That's exactly. a interesting point. We're, yeah. we're talking about behavior. Uh, if, if you have... If you have more engagement, it will improve your health. That's a rule. The more engaged you are, the better your health will be, and the cheaper the health system will cost. Mm -hmm. That's the right. three-step approach that we believe. More engagement leads to a better health. That leads to a cheaper cost uh, of uh, health insurance plans. The flywheel. Uh, definitely, uh, exactly. Yeah, to accelerate that that flywheel uh, is is now the the one million dollar uh, question that we that we need to solve in order to to keep scaling Clevo to be able to impact uh, more people uh, as you move uh, forward. So at this moment, you are just for for the ones who are listening in terms of stage of growth. You have raised uh, an A round. So uh, many people do you have? So kind of just some stats for people to, to understand where you are at the moment. So right now um, we have two sides of the business, the B2C and the B2B. Mm -hmm. The B2B, we talk to pharmaceuticals and we talk to health insurance plans. Um, it's the same product. It's the same solution for different necessities. The health insurance plans are looking to diminish costs. Costs are rising all the time because people are getting sicker and they have to find a solution to improve this. So Clevo is a solution for this. When you're talking about the, the pharmaceuticals company, most of the people to improve their health need to start using medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy the number of people that stop using their medicine because they feel better. And they forget that they got better because of the medicine. Medicine is extremely important in the transition of becoming healthier. It's like a moment of, I will try to hold you up here yeah. Until you develop new habits and you will get better, mm -hmm. right? So love it. At this specific uh, solution, we have uh, about ten thousand members mm -hmm. currently in the B two B side, and it's and it's interesting this part because people get engaged and disengage when you are uh, discompensated. Uh, when you're when everything in your indicators show that you're sick that's the moment you need to be treated so we have a solution that is active member so when you are engaged and you really need the treatment we treat you and then you go down and another person comes up so we sell active users and these active users can be engaged for four months, five months, sometimes six months. It depends on how critical your health is. And this is the B2B side. And we also have the B2C side where we understood that health cannot be 100% scalable. The most, the bigger part of health is hospitals and labs. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to be part of this as well. So we have clinics. We started one with one, then two, and now we're going to our fourth clinic. And we also had 
probably we're going to reach 4,000 people that already been into our clinics. Um, most of these people are chronic patients and with a focus on oncology. Oncology is a bit different because it's not always about behavior. It can be, but it's not a rule. Good point. Um, so these are the two sides of our business. And we have about, we're probably reaching 100 people, I would say. Um, we're part home office, part in the office. Okay, uh, nice. Some people stay 100% in the clinics. Uh, some people stay monitoring patients all the time. So these are the team that we have, part tech and part health team. Got it. Those are the four clinics are in-person uh, clinics, but the team works in an hybrid environment in, in a certain way. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Sounds amazing. And uh, it's incredible how time uh, flies. Uh, we need to do a, a full episode on your lessons learned in health tech, especially now that people <laughs> are saying that uh, if health tech is the new fintech and about re after revolutionizing kind of the fintech sector with uh, new bank. Now, uh, hopefully Clevo is, is the one who is coming next to become the, the elf tech unicorn or the first elf tech unicorn in, in Brazil. We are still uh, trying to, to make that happen uh, in, in Brazil. And I would say in Latin, right? Not, not all in Brazil. And, and I don't know any other uh, elf tech unicorn in, in the region. I think we do have one in Brazil. Uh, okay. It's called Alici. They are probably That's a unicorn. unicorn. Okay, didn't know that. They are okay. probably because they haven't. I, I know this, but I didn't know. Okay, got it. But the amount of money they have raised probably placed them as a unicorn. Uh, but it's a very hard problem they are trying to tackle. Uh, like I said, uh, health insurance plans are very complicated to generate uh, profit because of the amount of use people make and the efficiency of the system, which is not great. So they are trying to come up with this solution that is fighting against something that is always going up and getting worse. Right. Love, great, great reflection and a great point here uh, also to, to, to understand that we already might have a, an elf tech uh, unicorn. Thanks for that, uh, Marcel. And, and so I, I would like to go to a quick question answer uh, format now that typically we, we go through uh, our guests. I know that our time is, is limited, uh, but let, let's try to do our best. Today was much more to get your story, your lessons learned, your career, your, your way of thinking, and more than happy to go for a round two uh, in a couple of weeks or, or months and, uh, and cover more of Clevo because I found that some of your insights about health tech are super amazing. Uh, and as you know, I have a strong why there. I have an autoimmune condition that was diagnosed last year. So I'm, I'm super uh, obsessed about getting to know more uh, wow. about health and researching, et cetera. So I'd love to have that uh, conversation ahead of time. But let's go cool. into those quick questions and answers. And um, if you'd have the opportunity to have a coffee uh, with the younger Marcel at the beginning, let's say at the beginning of Clevo, because uh, of course you have, you have been through a lot of stages on on your career what advice would you offer to your younger self um i would say that the problems that you're seeing will probably not be that big as you're thinking try to take advantage of your time right now if you're being invited to a cool event, go to this event because you think you do not have time today, but you do have. You will see that with time, you will have less friends and less cool moments like this. So enjoy as much as possible. Don't care much about the problems that you're seeing right now. They are not that big. And everything will be all right. <laughs> Great point. What are you 
the most proud of on your journey so far? If you look at your career that we have been dissecting during this podcast, what would be those moments or those skills or that you have developed that make you super proud of yourself? Mike, I like my self-awareness development has been probably the most impactful in my life because I did not have this. Uh, I did not have this. And I, I was actually very, very bad at this. And when I met Renata, my wife, she was very into it and I couldn't care less. But then I started understanding how it actually was. And I did my first course. So investing time in self-awareness is probably the most important thing everyone should do to, uh, for self-development. You're not seeing things right now. It, you might think you know yourself, but you do not. If you do not do the right things, you will never know. And you will be doing things that you're, you were programmed to do, not because you want to. And once you get aware of this, it's okay if you want to continue to do, but by your will, not because you were programmed by this. And this has shaped my entire life. I became a much more calm person. Uh, and 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 my profile, uh, I'm an easier person to work with. I was not in the beginning of my career. I was very aggressive. I was very uh, all in all the time. And this was not easy for a few people that worked with me. Some people loved me. Some people hated me. Uh, I said sorry to the people that hated me. We are <laughs> friends nowadays. It's just because I didn't know a single bit about self-awareness. So this is this is something that I am very proud of being in work because I still have a lot of things to work on. Definitely. Lifelong learning. Amazing. Worst advice ever received? From people that never did what I wanted to do. These are the worst of advice. Don't, when you start, when you start appearing in the media, when you have social media, a lot of people will come and give you advice and you have to know how to filter them because you have to be confident enough uh, to, to understand what's good for you and what's not. And some people will throw you down. These advice will throw you down because you will feel that you're doing everything wrong, that you are in the wrong route. And these people just think, think differently. Yeah. So you need to be positive all the time because in a moment of when you are being an entrepreneur, you're going to be up and down all the time. So get these feedbacks of people in the trash, take advantage of the good one and from people that love you and that want your best, but have done what you're trying to accomplish. Definitely. Great, great uh, advice there. Um, and uh, let's go quickly into the resources. Any favorite book that you'd like to highlight that has been important for you? Uh, manual of Naval Ravikant. Probably one of the best books that I read. Real important. So many messages. It's the philosopher of our time. Uh, it's a person that has lived what we are living and has great thoughts on many issues of your life. This is one of the books that I like. And I also like to recur to spirituality. Mm -hmm. And for this, I like Paramahansa Yogananda, mm -hmm. which is a Hindu master that he's my master, he's died, of course, uh, but has influenced a lot my life as well. Amazing. Favorite movie or series, as you wish? 
Four businesses I loved, we crashed. And I loved that from HBO called uh, Succession. Mm -hmm. right. Very good series. Love this one. Loved. <laughs> and finally, your favorite podcasts. Oh, exceptional. Exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is something that I've started, Mike. And I said, I said one moment in my life, I will not accept anything that I will not invest less than 10 years. So everything that I that comes to me as an opportunity, if I cannot devote 10 years of my life, I will not do. Exactly because what you said in the beginning, it's Love really it. hard for you to create something meaningful with less than 10 years. So Exceptionize is my podcast. It's in Portuguese, but it's something that I've committed to myself that I will do for 10 years. So it's a huge investment in time for me because I really believe that this can impact uh, a bunch of people and myself, of course. Love it. Uh, I, I made the, the same uh, promise to Scale Up Valley. It will be 10 years uh, next January. And wow. the, the podcast... Uh, since 2018, so this is the fifth uh, year. Still, another at least uh, four or five to to go to commit to the to the 10 years that you were uh, talking about. Wow! Congrats. Thank you, Marcel, and, and likewise. And uh, yeah, any any final thoughts before we go? Anything that I should have asked you? Of course, we we'll have a, a round two. Uh, but any anything that you'd like to to share with the with the audience that I didn't allow you the opportunity for before? I think you need to understand that athletes prepare themselves for a competition, and we as business developers, entrepreneurs, we also need preparation. Our body, our mind is our most important tool in this process. We need to take care of them. And eating unhealthy, not doing exercises, you might not perceive now, but I challenge you, if you do one month of a really good diet, you will see how this will improve your life. If you're young, if you're 30 years old, 20-something years old, you might not feel it because your body's still young. But when you're after 40, 45, 50, 60, if you do a really good diet, you will see that your perception of this feeling of feeling great with energy the entire day will come back. And we can revert a lot of things in our body. Like I said, fasting is a great technology. So find a, a really good doctor, find a good, a really good nutritionist to help you. And you will start perceiving that you can come back 10 years by just changing a few things in your life. Eating is not that important. I love eating. I love junk food, but you need to have limits. You, you cannot treat yourself with so much care. You need to be tough on yourself, being a lot of, uh, 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 having a lot of good stuff with nutrition, uh, with the nutrients and exercise can change your life and can change your company. Because the way you invest time in your company is because of the amount of energy you have. And if you have low energy, if you're using uh, drugs, that put you up, this will not last long. And this will not end up well. We have seen many times people that didn't take care of their life. Well, I've seen Elvis Presley movie recently. He was ahead of his time, but so many decades. And he was a genius, but a genius that couldn't do a balance. Balance is important. 
amazing way of uh, closing the show. Uh, just a, a quick thank you also to Andresa, uh, your partner, for introducing ourselves and for making this possible. And of course, to you for making the time. It, it has been an extreme pleasure to have you on the show and you are always invited to, to come back. Mike, thank you very much. Thank you very much for talking to me and uh, exploring a bit of my life and a bit of Clivo, which is uh, the most important thing I'm doing in my life currently. And Andresa, like you mentioned, is a great partner. Uh, I couldn't have a better partner than he is. And, and this is some, some advice to people. Invest time in finding good partners. When you have a good partner, changes everything. Because I have, I've had a, 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 a worse partner in the past, and it's really hard. If you have a good one, your life is going to be much easier, and you will be able to grow uh, together. So thank you very much. Thank you, Marcel. And to our community, as you see, we keep bringing you the best of the best and trying to dissect uh, the best insights to make your life a little bit easier in this roller coaster that is to start up and scale up a company. See you soon and keep scaling. 